Welcome everyone to March Madness Eve of the Why Not Us podcast. My name is Adam Glick, joined by Josh Spate. If you like Christmas, if you like basketball, well, guess what? It's Christmas morning already tonight on the East and Central time zones. Josh, how are we feeling going into Thursday, the opening round of March Madness? I mean, John Rothstein says it best, right? We sleep in May. Yeah. No, I am just racking my brain at the deep hours of the evening, trying to make sense of this bracket, trying to see who goes where, still reeling from probably the best first four game to ever be played. Rutgers, Notre Dame, you unfortunately missed the game while you're on a plane back home. I know. Double OT. I was yelling, this is March repeatedly, you know, bank shots that don't deserve to even have a chance to go up layups that should be rebounded by Rutgers, but Notre Dame is able to get them off. You know, we're going to have 16 games like that tomorrow. And then another 16 on Friday. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel so happy. I've been thinking, you know, my dad drove me home from the airport tonight. And one of the last things he said to me, he's like, Adam, you realize we haven't had a real like March Madness tournament in three years three years and it's here and I cannot believe it. The world is going to be watching. It's going to be great. We talked about right before we started recording, Josh, we have an incredible first three games to get the slate going. We're going to break it all down. Should we just get going and start with this? Yes. Let's talk about the West. Okay. I don't know what your opinion was, but at least my knee jerk reaction only Mm -hmm. seeing the 16 well, 17 teams in the Western region on Selection Sunday, without even seeing the rest of the field, I was saying to myself immediately, that is a gauntlet. And yeah, obviously, I, Gonzaga's at the top of it. What do you think about that? I think it's a sleeper gauntlet because people that we're talking about on the show, like Seth Davis and other uh, Clark Kellogg, they, they didn't really talk about this. I, I think there's a lot of just really good teams in this region that could make a run and kind of bust your bracket. If you don't listen to this podcast, because they don't have all the flashy names, but Arkansas, UConn, Texas tech, even Alabama can make a run. These teams are good. And uh, you Memphis, another one that's pretty big. Yeah. Obviously Duke, the blue blood Duke. And then you have the over- top number one overall seed in Gonzaga, which number one overall seed. I don't know the exact statistic do not win the national title very often. So keep that in mind as we go through this bracket. But Josh, let's open it up to the floor here. What are your initial first round? Like you're keeping your eye on this game and maybe an upset alert on this game. If we're starting small and we're just looking at upsets, obviously you got to talk about Alabama, Notre Dame. So Mm -hmm. my main qualm that I have with this Notre Dame team is that they have not been that good of a scoring team all year. And frankly, I figured they were, you know, pretty mediocre basically all around. They kind of waltzed in by being in the top third of the ACC, which neither you nor I was high on all year. And they get this play-in game against Rutgers, and it just seems like they're clicking on all – they're just firing. They've got it. They're hitting shots. Neither of these teams could miss in the first half. And Rutgers – held a couple teams to 45 points or less this year. So and Iowa was one of those teams. Iowa was one of those teams. So really for me, if I'm 
going to take that at face value and say, you know, Notre Dame is a team that can score. Alabama is likely a top five, top six best offense in the country, especially in this tournament. So if they can hang with Bama, they'll be right there. I don't trust their defense to do much to Bama, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm not super confident in the pick, but it is definitely worth monitoring, especially because you've got tech as the next round there. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, we said it. We're probably more confident if Rutgers won this game to upset Alabama, but I didn't watch the game. I'm going to watch some highlights after the podcast. Notre Dame, just looking at the stats, they shot extremely well, and Paul Atkinson, the transfer from Yale, went crazy down low in the paint. They had 58, I think, of their 89 points in the paint, and also Nate Lazarski off the bench with 18, and then – their star freshman, Blake Wesley, didn't even shoot well. Four of 17 from the floor, and they still score 89 points, given it went to double overtime. But I think it's just going to have to be a shootout, and they're going to have to win the shootout against Alabama because they didn't play defense tonight. They haven't really played defense all year. But Bama, they haven't really either. No, Bama At least down the, down the stretch. But I digress. My upset pick that I'm at least looking at, I – Gone back and forth between the 512 and the 413, but I'm going to hit the 413 game instead of the 512. We're going to hit Vermont against Arkansas. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not, oh my. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just putting on the watch. It's a five point spread for a reason. Vermont, Ben Shenongo, Ryan Davis. Keep an eye out on those two players. They are stud players. Also, my friend and shooting guards starting, Finn Sullivan. He is white, but, you know, he could still shoot the ball. Um, But Ben Chinuggo and Ryan Davis are elite scorers. Vermont plays one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. If they can find a way, because Arkansas plays one of the fastest paces in all of college basketball. So, you know, contradictory of tempos here. But if you can find a way to play your tempo, limit possessions. Vermont's very well coached. They've been in this position before. If it's close down the stretch, I like Vermont. Okay. I mean, what's yeah. interesting is that Vermont plays very slowly, but they still score a lot of points, right? We talk about Arkansas yeah. having the athleticism and going really quickly, but, you know, if you look up how these teams actually stack up with scoring the ball, they're, they're kind of around the same area. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you've got to shoot out here. And I mean, this Vermont team can shoot the three decently well. My only issue is that they haven't played anybody. No, I know. All year. Yeah. They have. Mm. Just plain and simple. You know, they blew through the America East. And I believe they're 28 and five now. They're a strong 13. We've seen the Vermont teams that have come out before. They've dropped some conference games. This team didn't do that. They, absolutely barreled through their conference. So do they look strong? Yes. Do I think they could beat Arkansas? No. What I will point you in the direction of, if we're going to talk about upsets in this region, because I think the first round here of all the regions, I think the two round, the the two that are most likely to be chalky in the first round are the left side of the bracket, the West and the East. But Mm -hmm. I think the second round in this region is where things could get interesting. I think Duke could go down. I think Tech could go down. 
there's a chance that Gonzaga has a tough matchup there. Mm-hmm. Which of those three teams of the top three seeds in the West do you think has the highest chance of being on upset alert before the Sweet 16? I would say Texas Tech, but it's close with Duke, honestly. It's if, but these are the matchups, in my opinion. Texas Tech has to play Alabama, and I think they could easily be on upset alert. I don't think they'll have a problem with Notre Dame if Notre Dame upsets Bama. And then Duke, I've gone back and forth on this. I Honestly, I think they could get upset by either team, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Davidson just because of the shooters that they have and the size of shooters, especially in their front court. I mean, I don't know. And I've seen a lot of Davidson basketball. They're so well coached under Bob McKillop. They've done it before. This is his best team of maybe better than Steph Curry, even though they went on a run. They were a 10 seed also. Let's remember that. Yes, they don't have a player like Steph Curry, but they have shooters. They have multiple shooters. Hi, John Lee. Um, they have Foster Lawyer, the transfer from Michigan State. They, it's so cool that he gets to play against his former Revenge team. Revenge game. It is a revenge game, I know. And and they have Brojevic, who almost beat Texas, if you remember, in the Maui tournament in Asheville. That game was that pretty first close. Round. It was a very close. came down to the last shot. So, you know, this team is experienced. They're good. They went through a good A-10. I know it only got two bids, but went through a good A-10. And honestly, I think they could beat Duke. I don't think they will, but. I would say Tech's the highest chance. Gonzaga, on a talent level, if Memphis beats Boise, which I think they will, even though it should be a great game, they match up pretty well with Gonzaga. So I would be really curious. But we, you know, we were going through the stats all week, Josh. They turn it over so much. 16 plus turnovers a game. You can't do that against Gonzaga. No. So I don't know how they're gonna win if they're doing that. So I'm going to say Texas Tech wouldn't be surprised if they go down, but I agree with your take about don't really see a lot of upsets in the first round in the West, but second round could get really, really interesting, and hopefully we might see some of those upsets in the second round on Sunday. That is true, and we will be at the uh, couple of games you got there in the region of Tech, Montana State, and then aforementioned, as we've discussed a little bit, Alabama, Notre Dame, and the winners of that, so – Hopefully it's not too chalky there. I personally just this tech team, tech and Bama are are very, very difficult teams for me to put my finger on. Because yeah. if you ask me going into this season, especially since Alabama didn't have a ton of changeover, a lot of the same guys love NATO's, you know, they've got a great system there. This team made it to the Sweet 16 last year. They looked pretty solid. I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to beat Tech, but it's because this entire year they've been beating teams above their pay grade and losing to teams that are below them. Yeah. So it's like, okay, which Bama are you going to get? It's Jekyll and Hyde. Is, the, is it going to be the team that loses to Notre Dame or is it going to be the team that could make a run? And then with Tech, you know, they kind of – I thought about it this week. You know, despite not having Chris Beard, they definitely employed the same strategy in the offseason that Beard did after they lost some of their best players. They went out and got a hodgepodge of these mid-major transfers, threw them together, and somehow, magically, they were within a couple of possessions of winning the Big 12 championship. 
over Kansas. And they beat the top teams in the Big 12 all year round. Destroyed us. So is that going to be the same team we see? Or is the lack of Chris Beard's leadership and the lack of cohesiveness of this team going to have cracks that get exposed when it actually becomes a big game against Alabama and other big games? It's There's so many question marks for me there. Yeah, exactly. And you bring up a good point. Mark Adams, incredible job, but he's never been – he's never coached an NCAA tournament game before. That is a whole different animal. Like, they should get past Montana State. I don't – it's actually one of the few mid-majors I don't really know a lot about. But against Bama, on that big of a stage if they play them, I don't know how they're going to handle that. And they are not an elite scoring team. If Bama's hitting shots and they get behind, are they really going to come back and win? I, I don't really – probably not. So, I mean – I'm just I'm excited to see these games. I mean, I'm really excited for Sat or for Sunday when we we're, we're there. But you know, excited also to see on on Friday because you know these teams are just so many unknowns, especially with Texas Tech and Alabama. But I want to get your before we move to regions here. Let's get the picks. Final four, Elite Eight in the West. What do you see? I got to make a call on the pod. You know, I like to. Save we have to Tuesday morning. I fine, fine. Here's what I'll say. Arkansas and UConn are really, really good. A really good four-five combination for Gonzaga. Well, actually, actually, because we'll do another one next week. Sweet sixteen picks in the West. Fair enough. Yeah. I think Gonzaga should be there. Yeah. But. I wanna I wanna make things a little bit interesting. I'm not just gonna pick chalk here. I'm gonna pick Yukon to be right there. Okay. Alabama and Duke. Love it. Love, love, love it. Okay. I'm gonna go Gonzaga versus Arkansas. And I'm gonna go, you said Alabama versus Duke. Hmm. Are you gonna pick against Duke on the pod? Oh, <laughs> I really want to. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Why not? They can do it. Davidson versus Texas Tech. Wow, that would be quite a game. Sign me up. Okay. So listen, every year there's a double-digit seed that makes the Sweet 16. Why can't it be Davidson? Well. We'll visit the other regions and see if there's another team that's got a better chance. Exactly. And there probably is. But that's what I have for the West. So we move, as you wanted to do, we move diagonal across the board. We shuffle to the east or to the south, to the south, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Arizona's bracket. Arizona's the one. We have Villanova the two, Tennessee the three, Houston the four. You can figure out the rest. But early thoughts about this bracket and, you know, same, we'll go same format with all these four regions, upset picks and games you're keeping an eye on in the first round. I think this region's going to blow up. Please. Calling it right <laughs> now. There are what, you know what all four of the teams that you just mentioned have in common all won what? their conference tournaments. Yeah. Top four teams, conference tournament winners. I talk about it on the pod that it's not a great look to have that after doing some deeper analysis. It has more of an impact on one seeds than anybody else, but still 
I'm a little shaky on it. I'm not the most positive on it. There might be a little bit of recency bias in there, considering that Texas won the Big 12 tournament last year, and we know how that went. But look, this Arizona team is hot. No one is going to say that they don't deserve to be the second best team in this bracket. You know, they have been right there all year. With the exception of that loss to Colorado, they have played almost a perfect season, losing at UCLA and losing to Tennessee, completely reasonable. Those are two of the top teams. But they have strung together so many wins. None of their five starters have played a NCAA tournament game. Some of them are freshmen. Some of them are 21-year-old international freshmen that this is their first year playing in the country. Okay? It's March. It is a gauntlet. You have no idea what you're in for until you're already in it. Here's my question to you. Do you believe that this will be the first one seed to go down? Do you think they'll go far? What's your take? I mean, this year is honestly, I've done this since I've been maybe five years old, but the last 10 years really done it to a degree of, you know, that how much I love this sport. This is the hardest year of making a bracket I've ever had. I have so many question marks, so many unknowns that I have tried to figure out over the last couple weeks, a couple days since the bracket came out. Arizona, another one of those teams. They're so talented. They're so good. There's not a lot of holes in the way they play. But as you said, they've never really been there with these players on the court. And that's it. That makes that is something when it comes to March Madness. But I don't think they're going to be the first one to go down because, as you said, I think there's going to be some upsets where they could get a very interesting team in the Sweet 16. Okay, so let's talk about that. Who do you think is going to be there? Okay, so in my opinion, I think you have the best 12 and best 13 in the bracket in this region. Do you think that Chattanooga is a better 13 in South Dakota State? I think they're a better 13. Not saying they have a better chance of winning than South Dakota State, but I think they are a better 13 as a team. And UAB, not a lot of people realize how good this UAB team is. They, Andy Kendi is their head coach. He's been at Ole Miss. He's been elsewhere. He's had success. He's coached in the NCAA tournament before. He has a superstar guard in Jordan Jelly Walker that you're going to know his name when they play. I I think they play on Friday, but he's an incredible dynamic guard. They have some shooters from the outside. They, you watch, I think you watch that middle Tennessee game. They have grit. They found a way to win. It did not look good. And then they went out in the championship game and took care of business. Conference USA tournament is never easy to go through. They did it. They did it successfully. They're a very good team in Houston. A lot of question marks about them. They're very talented, but they're missing Marcus Sasser. They're also missing their other dynamic player. I think it's Sheed. Um, But if they're not hitting shots, they're not a good team at all. And we've seen it before. I just, Kelvin Sampson's a great coach. I just think that UAB is going to beat them. That's my upset pick of the region. And then I could easily see Chattanooga winning against Illinois because they match up with Illinois. They have a guy that's been in a high program in Silvio D'Souza to guard the 
monster man of Kofi Coburn. And they can have David Jean Baptiste, who at the incredible March shot to beat Furman to get him in the tournament. He can guard Corbello. Also, you have Malachi Smith, an all SoCon guard that can guard any of Illinois' point guards as well. This team is good. Can they win? Maybe. But I think Arizona's going to have a good path to the Elite Eight, in my opinion, but I don't think they get to the Final Four. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with you on on Chattanooga. I think, you know, even though they've got a big man in D'Souza that can keep up with Illinois and Kofi Coburn, you know, the offense of Illinois this entire year has just been off the charts, which to some people was pretty surprising because of the fact that, you know, they lost so many pieces. And frankly, their offensive numbers don't jump off the board. They're, you know, kind of upper middle of the pack in terms of all the tournament teams. But keep in mind, the Big Ten's one of the best defensive conferences, if not the best defensive conference in the year. And they had to go through the gauntlet of that this entire year. Illinois is one of those teams for me that I feel like has something to prove, especially after the letdown of last year, losing mm-hmm. to Vanilla. So do I think they're going to drop another early game this year? Maybe, maybe not. And then on the flip side, where I do agree with you is that Houston was a team that neither you nor I liked a lot last year, but they definitely had the pieces to make a run and also got a pretty easy path to make it to the final four. The team this year is missing some key pieces. Obviously they're still defensive studs. They're a top four defense in this pool. And it's just about the offense. Can they keep up with UAB and can UAB score on their defense? As much as I would like to think that a top-notch defense like Houston can hold UAB, Jordan Walker's a beast. It's going to I think it's going to be a very close game. The spread I like the game, spread. The spread in this game is double digits. It's a, it's like 9 or 9 and a half, which I love UAB in this spot. Right there. Right yeah. there, right? So that's I think that's something that you can definitely throw some money on. I think UAB, Illinois, and frankly, I like Illinois to make a little bit of a run. I think that they could beat Arizona too because they have the offensive capability to keep up with the Wildcats. And honestly, if it's not them, I don't think any of those other teams can beat Arizona. And like you said, there's your path to the Elite Eight right there. So I'll agree with you. If Chattanooga is able to make that upset, Arizona should have a clean path, but I think Illinois goes. Okay, fair enough. Let's dive into the bottom half of this region where I think you have the best 6-11 and best 7-10 games of the entire tournament. You also have a really, really good two seed, but is Villanova good enough to get through those teams? Is... Tennessee as a three seed, good enough to get through those teams. Exactly. So I want to get your thoughts on what do you see in the bottom half of this region? This is my biggest question mark that I have to figure out in the next, you know, 10 hours before games start. I think Villanova and Tennessee are both really good teams. You know, statistically, Tennessee is a little bit better. I know a lot of people were upset about the fact that they didn't get a two seed and that Duke did. I think they deserved it, especially after winning the SEC tournament, but right there, they won the SEC tournament. Villanova won the Big East tournament. 
I personally have liked Villanova a lot all year round. Like I said, statistically, they don't jump off of paper, but the eye test, I there's only one or two other teams that I've watched this year that I think is more cohesive of a unit and more capable than this Nova team. Obviously, we know what Jay Wright can do. He's won two national championships in the last six years. And think about the guys that they've kept around on this roster. Jalen Samuels. Jermaine Samuels, I apologize. Colin Gillespie. They got Slater. Like they, they have just been so good all year. Huge pieces. And they can compete with anybody. So yeah. let me ask you this. Let's let's look at the 611710 there, right? Because you mentioned that you think those are the best ones. Yeah. Don't talk about the first round matchup. Ignore that for a second, because we'll we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Of those four teams, which one of them, which one or two, is most likely to be able to knock off a Tennessee or a Villanova? I think it's going to be, I mean, just because I haven't been high on them all year. I think it's going to, honestly, if I ranked them, Michigan, Colorado State, Loyola, Chicago, Ohio State. In that order. So, Michigan. Yeah. Interesting team. Very interesting. What are your thoughts on the 17 and 14 Michigan team that didn't get a plan? I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I don't care how hard your schedule is, which it was top five in the country. I don't care. 17, 14, you have to at least be in a plan. Just a complete and utter joke of a mistake made by the committee. The committee did a pretty good job, not going to lie, overall. But that was one big mistake that I had a big problem with. They're... Yet, they're still a very talented team. They're still very capable. Hunter Dickinson is a difference maker down low. He's very hard to guard by the way he plays because he's not just, you know, that tough, gritty, big man down low. He is so crafty around the hoop in the paint area, so good with his his, uh, post moves inside. So he's a very hard matchup to go against. And... The emergence of the guard play that has come up in the last, I would say, couple weeks or so has really impressed me. But that Indiana game, 60 to 43, and you blow it. In 28 to 4 run, 10 minutes of the last 12. And with that win, you knock out Indiana and you guarantee you're you're in the tournament and probably avoid the first four, even though they somehow did avoid the first four. And they can't finish the job. So I have question marks. Obviously, Jawan Howard's another story, how much I have faith in him as a head coach. But with all that, I think Michigan is the most capable. Something to monitor. I don't know if you're aware of this, Josh. Devontae Jones, one of their best guards, transfer from Coastal Carolina, is not playing tomorrow against Colorado State. Why? He is hurt. I don't know the exact injury, the extent of it, but he is not playing tomorrow. Okay. Well, let's talk about Colorado State. Obviously, you know my opinion of this team. You know, they're incredible. It's a tough matchup. Yeah. It is a tough matchup. You know, this is really going to be interesting because there is a world where of the four teams that make it to the NCAA tournament for the Mountain West, none of them win a game. Very, very possible. Wyoming's already gone. So you're down to three and you've got two, eight, nine matchups and then a six, 11 where 
They're underdog. They're underdog. Is Creighton favored against San Diego State? No, State is favored. Okay, so that's the only favorite because Wyoming was a four-point dog as well. Yeah. So, look, this Colorado State team has not made the tournament in a long time. It's their first time since 2013, I believe. David Roddy has never been in the tournament. Colorado State does not particularly have a lot of success in the Mountain West tournament. They've slipped by in the first round and then lost in the semifinals the last two years. They were one of the first teams left out on Selection Sunday last year. They were not happy about that. Came back, had a ridiculously good non-conference schedule where they beat up Creighton. They beat up St. Mary's. They beat Mississippi State, who didn't make the field, but that's another Power 5 team. They didn't drop a ton of bad losses all year. UNLV gave them trouble. But this team is an electric offense when they get going. Is Michigan's defense going to let them get going? Probably not. So it's going to be gritty. It's going to be down low. It's going to be, can David Roddy and occasionally Isaiah Stevens put this team on their respective backs and carry them? And I've kind of just imagined throughout this week, you know, them being down the stretch of that game and just fumbling it. And it's, it's very, very difficult for me because I like this team a lot. I think they deserve to win a tournament game and I would love them to, and I would love for them to, you know, get a little momentum going and bring that to play Tennessee in the second round. Mm -hmm. But this Michigan team is not a good team. Statistically, they don't have anything going for them. They don't have an offense. Their defense is okay. Juwan Howard in his first game back, you know, completely choked and they kind of got a redemption moment. Is this the way the committee redeems themselves? I don't know. It's just so hard because David Roddy has to play well for them to win. And you're when you're so reliant on one guy, kind of like Wisconsin and Johnny Davis to play well and lead your team to victory. It's hard for me and you to have faith in them to get it done. But your take about down the stretch, I think if it's close down the stretch, Colorado State has the advantage because they have a player like David Roddy. You're telling me it's a close game and I have to trust a player on either team. I'm picking David Roddy over any player on Michigan. So I don't know. I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's going to be low scoring because even though Colorado State can shoot lights out sometimes from the field, usually they against good teams, they struggle to score against. Uh, we saw that with San Diego State. We saw that with Wyoming this year. We saw that with Boise State this year. So hopefully for the Mountain West sake, because they've had – this was the best year since 2013 where they got five teams to the dance. To go 0-4, that would be a big – stab in the back and really hurt you know just the overall perception of the conference so I think this would be huge for Colorado State especially first game of the tournament open it up with a win it would be something especially when you're an underdog as a six seed that is such disrespect to the people in Fort Collins go show that you are better than Michigan because they are better than Michigan will they win I think it's, I think it's one point yeah which is pretty wild. First game, I think, last thing I'll note, yeah. I think you've got to attack Hunter Dickinson early in this game, get him to foul trouble. Yeah, you do. That's how you can win this game. But do you – so you're saying if Michigan beats Colorado State, do you think that they will 
beat Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. So, so that leads us into the picks. I'm going to say yes. So here you, you can go after me. My sweet 16 picks for the region, Arizona versus Illinois. I said they Chattanooga could win. I'm not saying they're going to win, so I'm not going to pick them. But I think UAB wins against Houston. So that's my upset pick in the region. Um, and then I have Villanova playing Michigan. There's your upset pick in the region. Yeah, I'll have the same top half as you. And then I'm going to put Tennessee and Villanova. Kind of chalky. But yeah. I could easily see – the bottom teams in both of those matchups winning the sweet 16, but we will evaluate that at a later time. Do you have anything you want to note about Ohio state Loyola? Personally, I think Ohio state can beat them, but if Loyola get not talking about momentum, if Loyola beats Ohio state Villanova should be fearful because yeah. it's not the same Loyola team. You know, they don't have any of the same pieces from 28, their 2018 team really left anymore, except for, you know, freshmen that have really rose and they're seniors now. But yeah. they don't have Cameron Crutwig anymore. This team had to win their conference tournament to make it into the tournament. What do you think? I don't think they're as good, obviously, as they, the past teams, last year's team and 2018, obviously, their final four run. But we kind of saw it in St. Louis. If they win that first game, they can be scary. They roll through that tournament. They destroyed was, Northern Iowa. Yeah, their defense was <laughs> immaculate, pretty much. It was amazing to watch. They teams could not score on them. They were shooting just abysmal from the field. Northern Iowa didn't hit a field goal for 15 minutes in the second half. I mean, that's just unfathomable. Wow. Yeah. So my my thing is can they beat Ohio state? And if they do, can they go give Villanova all they can handle? And I think they could don't think they they will win. I also don't think they're going to beat Ohio state because you mentioned they lost Crutwig. They have no one to guard EJ Liddell. He's going to, he is going to take over. He's going to eat them alive. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have to tell their players, take as many charges as you can on EJ Liddell, get them into foul trouble, get them out of the game. Because if they can get him out of the game, I think Lyle is going to win this if he gets into foul trouble. But if they, he doesn't, he's going to take over. He's going to have 25, and, and they're going to lose in a low Zed score. Key, Zed Key should be back for the game on Friday. He's still listed yeah. as questionable, so that will help with some size inside as well. This Ohio State team coming off of a really, really poor end of the season. Oh, my God. And they and need the to avenge last play- year's. They need to avenge last year's. I mean, if you lose in the first round back-to-back years, Chris Holtman should absolutely be fired. I think he should be fired if they don't make the Sweet 16, which they probably won't. And, I mean, losing in Nebraska down the stretch, blowing a game against your rival in Michigan down the stretch of the season, and then basically not showing up in the second half against Penn State, who I believe finished the year under 500. Like, (laughs) It, it makes no sense to me. You know, I, I don't really understand where this team is at. I get that they're not the same team as last year, but this is your chance to prove that you have any resemblance of a team in what's likely EJ Liddell's last year on the squad. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's move on here to the East region with Baylor as the top seed here. 
Obviously, this is where our team lies in Texas. They have a tough matchup. We'll get into that. But um, let's let's open it up as, as we have so far. Upset picks, games to watch out for Thursday and Friday in the East. Yeah. So this is this is interesting because you've got Baylor, who does not shoot the ball particularly well. They don't have Chamo Chachua. They're not, they're absolutely not the same team last year, but they're still able to get a one seed, fourth one, and I think they deserve to be there as well. You know, they played a, a pretty good year, obviously swept the horns, but everybody does that these days. That's any good. I think that. You know, they're not in a ton of danger super early, but we can talk about that. And then you've got Kentucky and Purdue, who are two of my favorite teams in the entire bracket. So I kind of I kind of look at the Kentucky region and we can talk about that first, I guess. Not crazy to think about that one of them is guaranteed to lose before the Elite Eight. Yeah, one of those teams will not make the Elite Eight, which is crazy because I think yeah. both of them deserve to be there. But, you know, props to the committee making things difficult, right? Like I said, I think this region will be kind of chalky out the gate in the first round. I don't see a ton of upsets happening. But I want to look at that, that bottom, as I was saying. Murray State at 30-2. and two. And then San Francisco, the Dons, who obviously we've talked about all year, definitely deserve to be in, got that 10, which was kind of scary for a second there, but they got it. Are either of those two teams capable of beating Kentucky? San Francisco, no. Murray State, yes. Murray State, two players, K.J. Williams and Tevin Brown. They were on the team with Jaw. Tevin Brown's one of the best three-point shooters in all of college basketball. He's made one of the most three-pointers in the, the sport. And then you have K.J. Williams, who is a dynamic four, I would say. Big, physical, can also shoot the ball from the outside. They, Steve Prom or Steve McMahon, I think that's the coach's name. He's going to get hired, I think, next year somewhere else. And he's going to be put on the map in, I think, the best game of tomorrow's slate in Murray State versus San Francisco. Cannot wait for that game. It's an in-state rivalry. They've never played each other before, so it would be pretty special for them to play one another. Can Kentucky lose to them? Yes. Will they? Probably not. But this game reminds me of that Wofford-Kentucky game a few years back. I told you this before. I think it's going to be close when they – I'm very confident of the 7-10 games. Even though the spread's super close, I'm just so confident Murray State's going to beat San Francisco. And I think they're going to give Kentucky all they can handle, but they'll come up just short at the end. I think it will be a great game. But Murray State, they're 30-2 and for a reason. When have we seen a non-Gonzaga team be 30-2? and Other than maybe the Wichita States of the world the last 10 or so years. It doesn't happen. You have to be pretty special to be 30-2 and in this sport. I don't care what conference you play in. So, and Ohio Valley is not something to bat your eye at. More yeah, they, State and Belmont are capable teams, and they swept them. Yeah, they tripped. They won three times against Moorhead State, and they swept Belmont, and they wiped them to the floor both times. Mm-hmm. And also remember, they went to Memphis and won. I know Memphis has some questionable losses, but that's still a very good win. Tournament for them. team, and they lost to Auburn, other than Eastern Tennessee, East Tennessee State. Yeah. In November. 
Yeah, but they have one loss in since December, whatever it was against Auburn. They have zero losses in the in 2022. So this team is good. And I and again, we've said this before. You win that first game, you're gonna be confident, you're gonna be feeling good. And if they if they get it close with Kentucky, all the pressure is gonna be on the the Wildcats of Kentucky. I just and, don't know how you could stop Oscar Shibwe. No, you can't. <laughs> That's why I don't think they can win. But they, there's too many people, I think, on Kentucky. I love Kellen Grady as well. Um, Severe Wheeler is also another good player. But I don't know. I think it, I think it will be a great game. But I wanted to bring up Josh because we're, we're talking about little first round, maybe even second round upsets. We have to talk about Texas just for a second. It's a pick em to minus one as a 6-11 game, even though the Michigan game is close. They're playing Virginia Tech. They just ran through the ACC. They are a bid stealer. I don't care what anyone says. They weren't going to make the tournament before it started. I'm going to count that as a bid stealer. So they're red hot. Texas implodes in the first round against TCU. How do you feel going into this game for, if you're Texas? So Texas has lost three straight games now. They had I think it bodes well games. for Texas. Sorry? <laughs> I think it bodes well for Texas. Yeah. They uh, going into that conference tournament game. They had not lost three straight games all year. Now they have. So uh, they have not lost four straight games all year yet. So at least the door's open for that. Look, this, this Texas team, obviously we've talked about them all year round. They don't shoot the ball well. You know, it's kind of a question of who's going to step up tonight, and you never really know. And this Vatech team, they can shoot the three. That they can definitely do. And I think Texas's defense is strong enough to maybe hold them because I don't think their offense is super good overall, the Vatek offense. You know, that ACC is just – it's kind of a crapshoot. And I called it myself that I thought, you know, there'd probably be a bid stealer there. We talked about it a little bit. And frankly, you know, I like Texas to win. I do. Do I think that they can make it any further than the round of 32? Absolutely not. I think Purdue is going to just completely wreck them with two of the best big men in the country and Trivion Williams and Zach Eady. And then Jaden Ivey is going to make our guards just look silly on both sides of the court. So if we're at least just talking about the game with the Hokies, I, I can't say that I like Vatek because this Vatek team – doesn't really astound me in any way. You know, they've got Kiva Luma, who's from that Wofford team that you mentioned, almost beat Kentucky. And Storm Murphy. And Storm Murphy. So, you know, they've got pieces. They've got some tournament experience. They've been there before. But if I'm Chris Beard and I've had what's been, you know, especially since we were the number five team in the preseason AP poll, a pretty disappointing <laughs> season. And then we – blow a 20-point lead at the half to TCU in the first round. You better win. Uh, you better win this game because yeah. you're already off to a bad start. Yeah, and I think for Virginia Tech, they're not that good. But another team in the tournament, you cannot let their shooters get hot early. Otherwise, you're in for a very, very long night. So Texas, they play, they're one of the best defense teams in the country, in my opinion. And I think in a lot of statistics will back me up there. Guard the shooters, guard the three-pointers. They're not that big. They're not that good of a team. They don't 
really blow you away in any category specifically. I think they should win, but I agree they would get white to the floor against Purdue in the round of 32. I, I see there's I don't see a way we beat Purdue, in my opinion. No. Play play a hundred times, we beat them maybe one time. If that. If that. But let's other than Texas, I just want to talk about this game that might be the worst basketball game of the entire tournament, just on a just a watching level. Indiana St. Mary's 5-12 game. Will there be scoring? The answer is no. This game will be played in the 50s. It will be disgusting. And I think that bodes well for St. Mary's. And I think they're going to win because I watched the Indiana-Wyoming game last night or two nights ago. I wanted to throw up. It was horrible. Indiana did not do anything. Trace Jackson Davis, the only player that could score on Indiana. They don't, they don't rebound that well. They're not super physical. They don't shoot well at all. I think it helps St. Mary's. Tyus down low is going to really have a good game. They have Tommy Cousy, who's about 30 to 40 years old. And then they, you know, they have some Logan Johnson. I really like, he's the only semi-athletic player on that team. So it's credit to St. Mary's for being a five seed. They've had a great year. I think they're going to beat Indiana. I know a lot of people are going to take Indiana because they're like St. Mary's It's a five. No way. Kind of like Colorado state is a six, but I think St. Mary's going to come away with a win. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I think UCLA could beat either of these teams pretty handedly. Yeah, I think they will. So it's it's kind of a question of whether or not – I mean, I thought Indiana looked pretty poor last night as well. The St. Mary's team has been good. They beat Gonzaga. So, you know, they have the capability of winning big games. And in general, this is probably one of the better St. Mary's teams we've had over the years. But as we've seen, you know, they haven't really had a lot of tournament success, even when they do get a good seed. So here's a real test for them. Um, what have I told you that the – total in Indiana St. Mary's is six points higher than that of Creighton San Diego State tomorrow night. What is the total? 126 and a half and 120 and a half respectively. <laughs> the state total is 120 and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two lowest of tomorrow. Yeah, I would not. Oh, wow. Both are tomorrow. That's awesome. Okay. So yeah, I'm not surprised about that. I think, I think St. Mary's going to win. I really do. Um, if I'm going to pick an upset in this region, I probably would go with Virginia Tech based on upset in the seed lines. But I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty chalky. I can't see San Francisco beating Murray State, honestly. Um, but let's let's get to the picks and move on to the last region. I know it's getting late for you, Josh. So let, I'm going to do this real quickly here in the East. I like Baylor in the Sweet 16 versus UCLA. We'll get to later on. I don't think Baylor lasts that long. I'm going to sugarcoat that a little bit. And then in the bottom half of the East region, I think it has to be Purdue, Kentucky. I don't know how you could have a different two teams in the, the bottom half of the East. Yeah, I have the exact same four as you, um, which leads me to believe that if we think that's going to be the chalkiest region up until the Sweet 16, all those teams are going to lose. So Yeah. Should be fun. Anything you want to note on UNC Marquette real quick? you like either of those teams to beat Baylor? No, but I think UNC could. Marquette, no. But Marcus Smart. I know, but the 
the funny thing is, and then I've you know, I've kind of feel this way about every game in March Madness and matchups and whatever. I like Marquette tomorrow or on Friday whenever they play against North Carolina. But to play Baylor, I like North Carolina. So who who's gonna who am I gonna pick in that game? Flip the coin. That's who I picked. <laughs> every eight nine game, you should just flip a coin. Okay, so let's go to the Midwest. Kansas, number one overall seed, playing at Fort Worth. They're playing a Texas Southern team that is very close to Fort Worth. They're going to have a lot of fans there. They are a scrappy team. They win a lot of first four games. They won on Tuesday against Corpus, but obviously they shouldn't win that game. Anyway, Auburn also is in that region. Josh, we have probably two of the worst games of the tournament. The two worst games of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, but upsets I could be in both of them, honestly, even though they're horrible games mm-hmm. and teams that you don't really get behind, but could happen. I think this region could blow up. Obviously, we have America's favorite team in the region as well, in Sodak State. So, Josh, should we just start with the Sodak State Providence game? It's the second yeah, game of the day. We have to. There's, have there's to. so many different things here. Okay. Two point favorite in a 413. What is that? I've never seen that. Okay. Sodak State. Statistic that I found for you that I still am just screaming in my head. You've got this increment of teams across the country this year that have 37, 38, 39, 40% three point shooting. Top teams in the country. Sodak State, 44. 44% from three and they score 86 points a game. Now you say, okay, they didn't do that against anybody all year. Fair, fair. Providence's defense also pretty good. Let's look at the other fun statistic that you gave for me in this game with the luck metric. Mm-hmm. Luckiest team going into the tournament. 18 years consistently has lost their first round game. Providence, crazy stat. Crazy stat. <laughs> Love it. Totally here for it. Yeah, Providence has slipped by and gotten lucky in almost every single one of their biggest games. And in the games that they haven't, they've gotten blown out of the water. So initially, and I'm going to stick to this when I actually put my mouth, put my money where my mouth is tomorrow. If I can get an alt line on Sodak State minus like six or seven to just destroy Providence tomorrow, I'm going to bet that because I don't think they're going to win a close game. They can't. Providence always pulls out close games. But yeah. what did they do against Creighton in the semifinals of the Big East? Lost by like 20. So yeah. this team, this Providence team has a bunch of pieces that can, you know, do a number of things for Ed Cooley. Can they stop the Jackrabbits offense? I think they can. But as we we talked about earlier in the week, Josh, they have so many different guys that can shoot the ball from downtown. Everybody on their team can shoot. Every, everybody, even people off the bench. And coming they, they in. all take threes. They come into the game, they just chuck up threes. They chuck up threes. It's going to be like watching a pickup game tomorrow for South Dakota State. I mean, how can you not love this team? I don't, you know, listen, if they don't win, it's going to be sad and everything. But I just want to watch them play. I just want to see them shoot 53s in this game and hit all of them. But the problem is I listened to Ed Cooley's pregame or press conference today. He has his team believing they are the underdog, which they almost are, but that is not a good sign when you are the favorite and you have your team believing 
everyone thinks you're going to lose, which a lot of people do. So I'm a little worried, but Sodak State has shown that they can hit threes as the key that I think the number one ingredient in an upset. You have to be able to hit eight to 10 threes at least. And Sodak has five to seven guys that can hit threes from anywhere on the floor in the state of South Dakota. So you going to double team. Exactly. You can't double team this team. You you have to play them all on the outside three-point arc, but you got to turn them over, maybe. You got to turn them over. You got to play your slow tempo. You cannot get South Dakota State out in transition. They'll kick it out for three and bang it home. I don't know. This is going to be, I think, one of the best games of the tournament. I think the problem is I think this game is going to be really good and really close. So that's why I think Providence has the edge. But we've seen this happen before. If Sodak gets hot, they could blow Providence out. That's what I was saying. Yeah, they could easily win this by 15 points. Will it happen? I don't know. I have 50-50 in my brackets with who would take in this game. But, you know, I could do this all day. I love South Dakota State. On the podcast, why not? I'm going to pick the Jackrabbits as my upset in the region. But I want to touch on two other games that I think we should really talk about that could be upsets. Wisconsin Colgate and Richmond, Iowa. Yeah, let's talk about Richmond, Iowa. You know who picked Richmond to win the A-10 at the beginning of the season? This guy. Did I know this is how they were going to do it? No, (laughs) who cares? They've been a very, very experienced team. They've been around the block. They've got guys that have been there for ever it's like a bunch of old dudes like their entire starting lineup are seniors and graduates and yeah. like maybe two years removed with covid and then you've got this iowa team who has one of the best offenses in the entire country led by the best scorer in the entire country but that's like their entire offense and mm-hmm. they just went and ran through the big 10 mm-hmm. albeit they only had to play a few top teams but they were still able to beat purdue in the finals, which is very impressive. Is this Iowa team better than the Iowa team from last year? And will they redeem themselves after an early exit last year? I would say they're not better than last year's team, but I think they will redeem themselves. I do like this team to get to the sweet 16. Okay. I mean, I, I have no, I don't have any faith in profits. I really don't. And even if they get past Sodak tomorrow, if Iowa plays them, I have full confidence in Iowa being able to beat Providence, in my opinion. How also, many points would get scored in an Iowa-South Dakota State round of 32 game? I think the over-under should be 175. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, like, conservative. I, it might be conservative. I think it's very similar score that we saw tonight in the first four game with Wright State and uh, Bryant, that type of game. All Nine scoring. Games. All, All scoring. scoring. Up and down the score. Yeah. So honestly, I think if you're val- in a bracket, just a quick bracket tip value, if you're looking for double digit seeds, you get extra points for picking underdogs value South Dakota state to the sweet 16. If you're looking for a long shot, kind of really help out your bracket if you want to take it, because we talked about it, Josh, we're so confident in Iowa. They just ran through the big 10 they're the 512 that no one's taking against. No one. Everyone's taking Iowa. So that means Richmond has a really good chance. And they're so experienced. They've played together for like six years, every single guy on the team. 
they're so cohesive as a unit. They got it done in the A-10 tournament. A-10 tournament's one of the hardest tournaments in the country to win consistently. And they beat the top three teams who all could be in the NCAA tournament right now. And they could all win a game or two, in my opinion. I think Dade and VCU easily could win a game in this tournament. They ran through it. They got it done. All really close games. All very, very good defensive-minded games. But they have guards. They have shooters. They're physical. They're well-coached. I think I was going to have a really tough out against Richmond. I, think I like close game. I like Richmond spread. At, I think it's similar to the Houston spread, where it's like ten and a half or something. I think it's ten and a half. Yeah. Yeah. In the last twenty-five years, in comparison of what Richmond's stat is in the category to all of the teams that have been twelve seats in the last twenty-five years that have won their first-round game at least, mm-hmm. no team has a better assist-to-turnover ratio than Richmond of all those teams that wound up winning a game. And that shows you that cohesion right there. Yeah. So playing together forever, but it's going to come down to the defense. Richmond's defense is yeah. okay, but can they stop Keegan Murray? I don't think they'll be able to. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think Iowa wins a close game. I really like Richmond's spread in the in this spot. I think Richmond maybe is up by a couple points at halftime, and mm-hmm. Iowa regroups and winds up winning by six or seven. Yeah. I agree with that. Before we get into the picks, let's touch on this last, or actually we'll touch on my team next. We have to just for a little bit. Wisconsin, Colgate, last thing for the upset maybe picks. This is the best 14-3 upset that I could find on the board. I don't think any other ones are possible except this game. Johnny Davis is their whole team. If he has somehow an off night, if he's somehow not 100%, Colgate is experienced. They also have multiple shooters. I think they're like the second best three-point shooting team in this tournament. They are. They, they've been there bef- They've been there the last two years. They kept it close against Tennessee as a 15 seed. They Then last year they were up 14 points in the first half against Arkansas, who Arkansas went to the Elite Eight. They can do this if they get hot. Wisconsin's not a team that's going to – I just can't see Colgate getting just blown out of the water because Wisconsin doesn't score that many points. What's the spread in the game? I feel like it's high, like 14 or something. Eight. Oh, it's eight? They know something. Mm-hmm. Eight as a 314? When do you see that? That is unheard of. Eight points, that's nothing. That tells you that tells you right there. I mean, I think you're spot on. Wisconsin, even with Johnny Davis, has one of the worst offenses in this entire field. Yeah. So if Colgate gets hot, I think those Tennessee and Arkansas teams both had enough offense to keep up, and then eventually Colgate cooled off and they were able to coast into a victory. If Colgate's up by double digits midway through the second half. It's they're not coming back. Wisconsin's not coming back. It's, yeah. not, it's not happening. So I, I'm I'm with you. If there's gonna be a 14 that makes the upset, I think it could be them. Or it's just you know somebody that nobody expects, but it's within the realm of possibility, like Longwood over Tennessee. Longwood, yeah. They made a lot of threes in their conference. They look good. Yeah, no, I know they look good. I'll give them credit. Okay. 
So let's, before we get to the picks and end the podcast, which honestly I'm excited for, that means we're just that much closer to tomorrow morning. San Diego State, Creighton, 8-9 game, our last 8-9 game that we'll touch on. Aztecs, incredible year, but they don't score. And then Creighton played very well in the Big East tournament, made it to the finals um, against Villanova, kept it close. It was a disgusting first half, but kept it close, almost won. They lost Nemhard a couple weeks ago, but they've been, they've recalibrated and they've looked pretty good. San Diego State lost a heartbreaker to Boise State in the Mountain West Championship game. I think this game is going to come down to the last shot. It is. I think, yeah, I just, I, San Diego State, to me, they can't get blown out because of how well they play on defense. Mm-hmm. And, they play so hard. They play so tough. They're really well coached. Brian Dutcher, I think, should get a higher paid job in the next few years. But I just – they're going to shut down Bradley, and that's what Boise State's done every time they've played them. And San Jose State doesn't have the depth on offense, especially from shooting outside, that these guys can – other players can score. Nathan Metz is going to have to play out of his mind that matchup down low against – the big, tall, white guy on Crane, I think his name's Cal Brenner. Yep. I think he's a freshman as well. Yep. That's going to be an incredible matchup down low. That's the matchup I'm looking forward to. I think that's going to determine a lot of the game. But Mens is going to have to play out of his mind. And State's going to have to win a nitty-gritty game in Fort Worth. But honestly, the problem is I like them to win this game. And I love them to win last year against Syracuse, and they got destroyed. So well, that was That was just... I mean, it's that was Bayheim and Syracuse's magic in March. It was ridiculous. You can't, you don't want to ever play them, but I do agree with you. I think they'll win this game. I think that Creighton is a bit better offensively because San Diego state has one of the worst offenses in the country. Yeah. But defensively Creighton is, is right there. And they definitely have the ability to lock down Matt Bradley, as you alluded to. So it's going to be exactly like you said, the matchups down low for San Diego State are going to be huge. Creighton is one of the best front courts in the country. If you can stop them and make them take a lot of threes, they're probably not going to make a lot of threes. They're yeah. okay at shooting the three, but they prefer not to. They like to go inside more. I think if State can just swing the ball, slow, long possessions, I, there's a reason why this game has the lowest total of any game tomorrow. <laughs> because it's going to be painful to watch. Just not a lot of points scoring. Probably some turnovers, some single di- – like late single – He doesn't have free throws ball. either. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's going to be tough. You could see a game in the 50s for sure, but I, I do like State to win this. I just don't see any world where they could beat Kansas. No, but here's the thing. This is what I agree – the same – I'm in the same boat with the other region that we just talked about. I like San Diego State in the 8-9 spot over Creighton, similar to like I like Marquette over UNC. But then if you look at the one seed that they're facing, I like UNC better to upset Baylor if there's a possibility. And then here, I think the only possibility of the 8-9 upset in Kansas would be Creighton. I can't see San Diego State upsetting Kansas. So that part is true because San Diego State can't score with Kansas. They, I don't care how good of defense. You're going to have to hit shots to beat Kansas. So. I don't think either gets past Kansas. I don't think Kansas is as good as everyone thinks they are, but they have the easiest bracket of the four regions. 
I think. Mm-hmm. And they, their path is easy. Like maybe it could have a hard game against Iowa, but if they played Providence, if they played South Dakota State, if they somehow played Richmond, they're going to mow past them and get to the Elite Eight at least. I like them to get to the Final Four in most of my brackets. But, yeah, the San Diego State game, just kind of like Texas. I just want I just want one tournament win this year. Just, just give one. me one. Please. Please. Does to ask for? How amazing. Like, listen, you could have just – a disgusting tournament where it's like chalk. You could have no exciting games, whatever. But if you gave me a Texas and a San Diego state win, I don't know how much I would complain. I think you would eventually complain, but at the eventually, but in the moment on Thursday and Friday of this week, I would not complain. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, last thing before we do picks, can Miami or USC beat Auburn? I was going to say Miami, I think, is going to be USC. But can they beat Auburn? Yes. Hmm. They play all guards. Auburn is very guard-oriented as well. I know that in Auburn's struggle is their guard play, even though they are guard-oriented kind of. I know they have the big guy down low, but Jabari Smith is also a matchup problem. But Miami... They have – they're so athletic. They can shoot the ball. I don't know. If they get hot like a lot of these teams, they could be scary. They, I love Charlie Moore, the transfer from DePaul on their team. Larinaga's coached – he's one of those underrated coaches that not a lot of people talk about. He has been in the tournament so many times. He loves this time of year. And they haven't been good in a long time. I think they're due for – a run, and I think there's potential in that we talk about who's that double-digit seed getting the Sweet 16. Maybe it's Miami. I like two double-digit seeds here. I think Iowa State and Miami are in the bottom half of that bracket. Wow, yeah. eleven ten that nobody has appreciation for either of those teams. Auburn, I, in my opinion, is the most suspect two-seed because I've mentioned this all year. They have no idea how to play away from home. No, no. idea. They could be playing – absolutely anybody and it'll be a close game we saw that against texas a&m one and done in the sec tournament that was not a home game there are some a&m fans that show up there Ooh, scary for jabari smith like it's it's difficult for this team to get their bearings and there aren't that many guys on this team that are left over from that 2019 tournament team i know bruce pearl's a great coach ton of respect for the guy but it's a young talented roster that is scared with the exception of when they played at home ever since they started dropping games after they were, you know, starting the season on a crazy run, they have not been the same team. And I would not be surprised. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm as confident that Miami is going to beat USC. I can see USC being there just because they've got talent. I think Isaiah Mobley is pretty solid, but I, I could see either of those teams being able to beat Auburn in the round of six and Brown of 32. Yeah, and a very interesting stat, since the end of January, every road game that Auburn has played has either been a loss or a win by single-digit points. Every game was decided by two to four points if they won, except one game which went to overtime, or it was a loss. I know it's kind of hard to wrap 
put your head what I just said and probably doesn't make sense. But <laughs> the basis is, as you talked about, they cannot win and they really struggle against anybody on the road. Jacksonville State. They shouldn't Maybe. even be in the tournament, but they shouldn't be in a half point dog. Yeah, it's not a lot for a 215 either. These spreads are very interesting, but that's yeah, a whole nother thousand money line. If you really want to play the, the point. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, for another time. So yeah, I think I'm gonna pick them. So I'm gonna do the picks here. I I, I would like to pick Miami, um, but I'm gonna probably gonna go with Auburn. So let's start in the top half of the Midwest, Kansas. I'm going to go Kansas versus Iowa, and then I'm going to go. It's so hard. I want Wisconsin to lose early. Um, okay, fine. I'm going to go LSU versus Without Will Auburn. Wade. Without Will Wade, LSU versus Auburn. I think Wisconsin loses either in the first round or the second round. They will not be making a Sweet 16. So I will be at these games. I'm going Kansas, Sodak, Iowa State, Miami. Blow it up. Love it. Love it. Any last? I got to end the pod on a fiery note, and that's what I'm feeling. Okay. So is that how you're going to end? Look, I'll say this to end. You said it earlier in the pod. This bracket is stacked with talent. Last year, we had a couple of teams that were separate from everybody else. People forget. The tournament last year, even though it happened and it was all in Indy, there weren't a lot of fans there. It wasn't a true tournament environment where you've got craziness and the full madness in effect. And teams like UCLA that did really, really well last year and they have the same team, but now it's March Madness. Is that going to play a role is that going to impact teams that aren't used to this? Many of these teams have never played in the NCAA tournament with the guys that they've got because it's been so long. And I think that we could see some ridiculous things that neither you nor I could have predicted. And I am totally here for it. Yeah. If it costs me money, if it costs me pain and suffering, toss it into the bin. I don't care. Yeah. This is March. We sleep in May. And it will be amazing. We have waited all year for this. We've waited three years for this. We deserve it. And it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And I want people to realize, listen, I know everyone wants the huge upset. They want the 16. They want the 15. It doesn't matter. Listen, in this weekend, I want good games. And I think we're going to get so many good games. We're going to get great shots, memorable moments. We're going to get some Cinderella's. Don't worry. But... I think Saturday and Sunday, you can mark me down for this, will be one historic day for the tournament. I think the round of 32 is going to get absolutely nuts. Teams are going to go down left and right. I don't really see a ton of that in the first two days, but I think there's going to be a lot of good games, and there's going to be some upsets. Don't worry, but round of 32, mark my words, Saturday and Sunday, teams are going to lose that you have in your bracket that are going to the final four that are winning the whole thing. They're going to lose round of 32 is going to be absolute madness. The whole tournament is called March madness for a reason. Enjoy it. The next four days are literally heaven on earth. 
for anyone that likes fun. Get ready for it. For Josh, for myself, Adam, for Why Not Us, enjoy the madness. We'll see you next week. I love college basketball.